Hello and welcome. In this podcast, Mark will be talking about one of his favourite investments, Greg's, ticker symbol GRG. Now he's been going on and on about how good they are all week, so I'm in the queue at Greg's new drive through bakery in Bolton to see what all the fuss is about. So to discover Mark's investment argument for Greg's and to see what I think of their pasties, stay tuned to this, episode 11 of the Desert Island Investor. Yes, I know the car in front has moved forwards. This episode of the podcast is generously hosted by Progressive Equity Research. Visit their website at progressive-research.com. Mark, you've selected Greg's, ticker symbol GRG, from your portfolio to cover for this episode of the podcast. So what are your reasons for picking this particular stock? Yeah, well, what's prompted me to, to think about and discuss Greg's was that our, our local store has closed, and I thought this may result in some form of civil unrest. Uh, but thankfully, it's due just only due to a refurbishment. And I must say that three separate acquaintances have, have commented on this. Um, I doubt any of them know that I'm a Greg shareholder, uh, but perhaps it's due to the fact that this is just newsworthy for a, a, a town a, a, the size of Darwin. So, uh, you know, they've additionally recently re- uh, released the results um, for the half year. So I think this justifies taking a, a wider look at the group. Right. So as usual, what are the base numbers for Greg's? Well, it has a, a market capitalization of $2.5 a PE of 20.2, and a yield of 2.4%. And that's based on the current share price of £24.36. When were they first listed? And when did you invest? Well, they first listed back in 1984. Uh, that was the year that I started investing. And I wish I'd uh, had the foresight back then to jump aboard. Um, I invested in April 2017 at £10.24. And more recently, September of last year, September 22, at £18. Uh, but prior to that, I've paid north of this in December 2019 at £20.89. So, you know, with the share price standing at £24.36, this looks pretty respectable. Uh, but I do have an admission to make. I paid just £3.07 in August 2003 and sold in November 2005 for £4.60. Now, you know, this was a nice little return. But, you know, if I'd just sat on those shares, I would have been uh, in for an eight-bagger. So for those that remember... Bullseye when contestants didn't win the star prize, the punchline was always "That's the gamble." Uh, however, you know, you know, we've got to remember that you know, not making money is not the same as uh, you know having lost money. But uh, you know, nevertheless, my style has changed over these two decades, and I've uh, you know I've taken examples like this as a, a further reason to you know stay the course and interfere with the portfolio as little as possible. Now, I found you to be very philosophical about your investments, especially those where you find yourself underwater. But uh, I would say that in, in both incarnations, you've, you've actually made money. Uh, and I, I take much comfort from that. I, I believe this is one of your 
your core holdings now? Yeah, this is, you know, second in my portfolio and, and you know, I'm happy with its place and its weighting, which is uh, currently around 8%. So uh, from a point of view of competition, uh, we always ask about uh, a moat. Uh, where is the moat for Greg's? Well, you know, I thought I'd throw this one back at you, Paul. You know, at the end of the day, it sells, you know, savouries, sandwiches, pizza, cakes, drinks, etc. You know, and these are not difficult to, to produce. When I was a lad, you know, growing up in Darwin, you know, there was an, an abundance of independent bakers and confectioners, and, and these have largely melted away. And I think it's, it's partly because there's a lot of choice in the realm of fast food, you know, both in terms of brands such as, you know, McDonald's, Subway, Burger King, Domino's, KFC. But there's a lot of, you know, independent providers for things like pizza and kebabs, you know, spicy chicken, etc. And then also supermarkets, you know, we discussed Tesco recently and, you know, that's increasingly encroaching on this territory. And also for, you know, a, a, a typical husband and wife, you know, running a small independent bakery, you know, it's not a popular lifestyle. I know of one very successful business uh, that upon a, a retirement, nobody, nobody wanted to take it on due to the, the unsocial hours and how tiny it was. So Greg started as an independent single store in, in Gosforth and, and today it's a Goliath, you know. So, you know, you're the marketing man, you know, what's the secret of, of how they promote themselves? I think this is a very straightforward supply and demand. It's quite clear that that we now have a a, a habit, you know, good or bad, uh, of wanting convenience when it comes to food. I think that these like uh, quick fix uh, bakeries like Greg's have really just capitalised on that. And they, I think, location is the key in many respects. They they place their stores strategically in areas where there are a lot of um, businesses, so people can go down there in their lunch break, and they they place their stores in train stations and. Um, and, and town centres, so they, they they put themselves in a position where they're easily accessible, and their customer base wants want ease uh, of uh, of access to food. Mm. Well, you know, in addition to Greg's, you know, promoting themselves, you know, there appears no end of people prepared to do this on their behalf. You know, if you have a look on YouTube, you know, there's a raft of videos where people you know comment or review on Greg's. And uh, interesting, you know, these include a lot of Americans leaving their their take on, on Greg's and, and, and discovering them. But, you know, also the, you'll, you'll find, you know, celebrities such as, you know, Ryan Gosling and uh, Piers Morgan and Susanna Reid, um, you know, uh, Alison Hammond, uh, Vicky McClure and Kenneth Branagh on the Graham Norton show. Um, I saw that the, the former chancellor on a, uh, George Osborne at a select committee and even a, a certain Boris Johnson talking about uh, Greg's, you know, whatever became of him. So I suppose, you know, that makes your marketing job easier, Paul, you know, in, in stretching the budget if you've got people, you know, marketing the business for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is excellent, you know, PR, really. Uh, and it's uh, like like they say, there's there's no such thing as bad news if people are talking about your product and especially if they're not actually slating it. I don't know, I haven't seen the video with uh, Ryan Gosling um, discussing the the whatever it was he was eating do you know what he was eating i think it was i think it was the uh, the the uh, sausage roll sausage roll I okay think. i'm not saying people would go down the shops and say i'm going to be like ryan gosling today but i'm going to have a sausage roll but yeah it, it does help the cause and they, they again they've they've done an excellent job of of getting those people um you know to push their product mm. now you know, Greg's appear you know i won't say self-deprecated but they can put fun at themselves in, in their marketing and you know, I think that can be a marketing gamble. You know, you know, many people still remember 
a speech that Gerald Ratner, the CEO of uh, Ratner's Jewelry Trim, made back in as far back as 1991. And uh, during that speech, he commented, uh, we also do cut glass sherry decanters complete with six glasses uh, on a silver plated tray that your butler can serve your drinks on, all for £4.95. People say, how can you sell this for such a low price? I say, because it's total crap. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, you know, no wonder it stays with us. And uh, he, he later also went on to comment about a set of earrings that was, and these are cheaper than a prawn sandwich from Marks and Spencer's, but I have to say the sandwich will probably last longer than the earrings. I think he got a laugh at the time on that one, but it certainly backfired. Now, I'm not directly comparing a business like Greg's, which coincidentally does sell prawn sandwiches, to that of a jeweller. But my point being is the reputation can take years to build up and seconds to destroy, Paul. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, you have to be very careful. There's a very fine line between trying to be funny uh, and, and succeeding in being funny and, and, and poking fun at yourself, which causes uh, well, either offence or it's something, you create something that's inappropriate. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think a lot of it's done through social media. I think they did a, uh, a sausage roll in an iPhone box or something like that to, to really? promote it. Yeah. Wow. Or some, something akin to that. You could kind of inject some kind of variance into the way that you promote it, because otherwise you keep you can't just keep telling everyone how great they are. Um, so you know, the people, particularly a younger generation, will latch on more positively to things that are creative. I don't know what the demographic is of their their customer base, whether it is you know predominantly young people or or, or people like us. Well, it would yeah, it, it definitely wouldn't be um, people. People like me, I, I get indigestion too badly from eating that kind of stuff. But Okay. Well, I'd like to compare Greg's to another successful uh, but different company, J.D. Weatherspoon, you know, often warmly referred to as spoons. Now, you know, they both have an economical offering, a strong recognisable brand. You know, obviously people seem to know what they're getting. And they can recognise uh, key locations for their state. You know, they've got um, extended hours that really sweat the assets and, and targets a wider customer base. And, uh, you know, and, and they're both sometimes businesses that people can be a little bit snobbish about. Um, now, you know, the store that I mentioned in Dalton, it's been there certainly as long as 45 years that I can I can remember, and you know, possibly longer, uh, and has operated on the same site. You know, you know, and back in those days when it was there, you know, the halcyon days of, you know, small Let's describe Darwin as a small market town. You know, we had a, a, a Woolworths. You remember them? We had a Burton's that became a Greenwoods, a Mothercare, you know, a Freeman Hardy and Willis, and a, a Lum Polly, and these all these recognised brands. You know, they've all disappeared over that time. Now, you know, I've uh, you've been doing a, a sterling job as an unpaid ambassador for the uh, the Bolton Tourist Board in, in past uh, episodes, Paul, uh, and I have had a look on the the Greg's website, and there are. 21 outlets within a 7.6 mile radius of Bolton Town Hall. And uh, perhaps giving you a bit of a false choice, Paul, but you know, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, your, your stomach's rumbling. Is is it a Greg's Barm uh, and a coffee, a uh, bacon barm and a coffee, or a Weatherspoons full English and a pint? My personal choice would be a Weatherspoons full English and a pint, which which goes surprisingly well together. I have to say, I, I didn't think it would, but I have done some uh, some legwork in connection with this this uh, episode, so I, I 
I headed off to Greg's uh, to check it out because as a student, I, I, I do recall buying cheese and onion pasties quite a lot, which I thought were lovely. And I couldn't remember whether they were made by Greenholges, which is a, a local bakery in Bolton or Greg's. So I went out to Greenholges and bought one of their uh, cheese pasties. It is now. That's a conventional shaped um, thing. Then drove to the new drive-through Greg's, which is open right. in Bolton. Not not a sail through on the rafter drive-through, was it? Yeah, no, it is. A, yeah, it is a, just a drive-through. I bought their cheese and onion bake, as they call it. Right. And uh, it was quite funny because we're in the in the queue. You know, there's a couple of cars in front of us, and a friend who's with me was sitting um, in the passenger seat with the greenhouses uh, pasty on her lap. Mm. And when we got to the window, she said, can you just ask them if they could put the greenhouses pasty in the microwave and warm it up a bit? So that, <laughs> Talk so about that tact. Well, a couple of things, things there, talk about tact, but you really know how to show a girl a good time, don't you? Oh, oh yeah. So, um, yeah, that was quite amusing. But So then we just sat in the car park and, and tried them both. And uh, the the Greg's one was very good. It was, mm. it was nice. It was like um, it actually had onion in it, whereas the, the other one didn't. But right. uh, I did like, I, I like them both. Yeah. I wonder why they were co- covered in, 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 in breadcrumbs or, yeah. or pastry crumbs. Yeah. I, I, have, I have actually got a bit of indigestion now. That was far too much for me. But if you've got to have, uh, I dare say a lot of people got stronger constitution. But the thing about it that struck, <laughs> struck me was, uh, it was just the price. It, it, isn't, it isn't cheap. Yeah. The Greg's bake was cheaper than the, uh, the Green Alge's pasty by about 70 pence. Right. Um, so what? Was, so what? Was, can you remember what the actual prices were? It, it was were? about. I think it was just about two pounds fifteen. I think for the for the Greg's right. um, bake. But I mean, if you if you add a coffee to that, which I think is also about two quid. I mean, if you're going down, you know, if you have a, a lunch break and you're walking down to Greg's every day to get a pasty and a coffee or something, I mean, you, you're not coming away with any change from a fiver. Mm. So if you've got um, if you're concerned about the cost of living crisis, then that's probably something that you should not do. But mm. people still do it, and an increasing number of people are doing it. So, from an investor's point of view, this is good news. You know, mm. Um, mm. as they say, there's, there's there's good money to be made out of a bad habit. Oh, I like that. Yeah, you know. So, just reassuringly, you know, in that same uh, that same radius for the twenty one Greg's outlets, and I th- well, I think that was a new one as well, wasn't it? That drive. Yeah, thing? yeah. It's only just opened. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they just cut the ribbon on that one. But uh, in that same uh, radius, there's, there's you know, be reassured, Paul. There's six Weatherspoons over that same area. Um, now, um, I've got to admit, you know, for me, I'm a very rare patron of Greg's. Um, you know, it's, it's more from a, a bakery chain to more like you know, a uh, food on the on 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 the go business that you know they don't sell bread. Um, Greenhouses actually do very very good bread. Um, yes, they do. And, they yeah, do, do good bread. Yeah, they do a good like multi grain and uh, sourdough. It is, and it's more expensive, but you know it's it's worth paying for. Um, you know, but I suppose you know what we've talked about. You know, you know, given my lifestyle, I'm very seldom what you could call time poor, and have to grab something. Um, I've got the readily available resources of a kitchen and, uh, additionally, um, you know, you don't maintain a, an athletic physique like this, Paul, through eating fast food. So, um, just expand on this a little bit, you know, you we're, we're both men of a certain age and brought up in a culture of, you know, making our own sandwich or preparing a, a packed lunch for, you know, for work rather than, you know, paying a premium for somebody to somebody else to perform this real simple task for us. Um, but I think. You know, and I might have said this before. I think it's a 
valuable for investors, not just to look at the world through their own eyes. Um, and in this example, lots of people are willing to purchase ready-to-eat food, or exactly as the brand says, prêt-à-manger, um, and, and, and see this as an everyday expense and not necessarily an, as an indulgence like, like we might. So again, from a marketing perspective, how important is it you know, to part your own shall we say, credo, you know, when promoting a product. Yeah, you, you have to look at what's involved here as a business. I mean, their, their business is selling uh, food to people who uh, want to walk into a shop and buy it and walk out. I, I don't follow any um, social media accounts that might be critical of, of uh, I call quick fix bakeries and their and their pricing. But um, you've shown me a photograph recently of one the the Greggs in, in London at the train mm. station and uh, – Although the one I went to today, the drive-through wasn't that busy. I have seen them absolutely packed to the gills. So, as you say, I mean, we would—if you made a sandwich and took a flask of coffee—you'd be—it'd be a fraction of the price of mm. buying a, a, anything from Greg's for lunch. But it, it doesn't stop people from doing it, and, mm. and like I say, from an investor's point of view, that's what you've got to look at. There are lots of campaigns you know, for trying to reduce child obesity, and I'm pretty certain that they would be up in arms about the idea of people eating too many pasties but um you know if if the business model is is has been set up so that it succeeds in attracting those customers then it is what it is mm. at the end of the day i mean in bolton we have a thing called a pasty balm um which is right. basically um, a balm cake with a pasty in it you're uh, a weird uh, lot aren't you in bolton yeah and they're they are quite popular um so I, i'm pretty certain that uh, a lot of Boltonians see the pasty as, as quite important. It's not something yeah. they give up too easily, really. And there's a well-known ind- independent shop, isn't it? Is it called Ye Old Pasty Shoppy or something? Is it? Yeah, the town like, centre has Ye Oldy Pasty Shoppy, and they, they, they uh, again, they're a small independent bakers, and they produce some very nice um, stuff in there. And of course, we have Cars, which is right. the big uh, Bolton pasty peddler. Right. Again, I mentioned earlier about location of stores is is quite uh, important. They have a site on Manchester Road, which is very close to an industrial area, uh, and it's permanently full of uh, people with wearing blue overalls, spending yeah. a fiver yeah. uh, on on a on a drink and 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 something in a paper bag. I'm not quite sure what it would be: mm. sausage roll, pasties, or whatever. So they're but they're very successful as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Bolton is some kind of epicenter for pies and pasties. I mean, what what what's your blood group, Paul? Cheese and kidney. I think I sent you a link about the the um, the Greg's drive-through opening up, and there were some rather unkind comments you know, made by people again on that uh, that news item about uh, about it being something that's a you know. For, for lazy people but mm. i mean again from our uh, from what we're talking about from an investor's point of view you know, if loads of lazy people are going buying pasties and the company's making a load of money then that's that's uh, that's a good thing yeah so uh greg's is a mature business as uh, so you've indicated and the valuation looks a little more stretched compared to other businesses that we've covered where, where do you envisage future growth coming from well, you know, turning to those interim results, um, it's like an unrelenting juggernaut. Uh, sales were up 21.5% with like-for-like like sales up 16%. And they had 94 new shops, 33 of these were franchises, and 44 closures, and expect 150 net new shops in 2023. So that will be a more active second half. Now, the group has a, 
a total of, or had a total of 2,378 shops as at the 1st of July 2023. Um, you know, just as they've previously targeted, you know, the breakfast market, they're now focusing on the other fringe of the day, the evening. And this is their fastest growing day part at 8.3% versus 6.5% in 2022. That's in the company managed shops. So you've got the additional cost of the labour and the product that you sell, be that a pasty or a donut. But in terms of premises, et cetera, you know, these costs are fixed. So making those assets work longer really does help the, the bottom line. Uh, they've also expanded the range to encompass an evening diet to include items such as pizza. And they are increasingly trading through digital channels and, and deliveries and, and participation in the Greg's app has doubled from you know 5.2% to 10.6% of the transactions. And deliveries are made from 1,300 of the shops, and this accounts for, for 5% of the business. And they're also tri trialling uh, with a second aggregator besides Just Eat. Now, they've continued to tap into the growing vegan and health-conscious market. Uh, I think through the conversation we just had, you know, it's... Uh, it's important to start, you know, looking at this side of the of, of the business, and you know they're adept at uh, adapting their offering. You know, so the growth is coming from you know from several avenues, uh, and and you can even purchase Greg's frozen sausage rolls at Iceland. So you mentioned franchises. What proportion of their offering is through franchised outlets? Well, of those two thousand three hundred and seventy eight shops, four hundred and sixty six are franchises, which is a touch under twenty percent, and they've got a total of sixteen franchise partners. The number of store closures seems uh, quite a high proportion. Yeah, I do think one of Greg's major strengths is how it manages its estate. You know, it's, it's agile and nimble, and, and can can adapt to a changing footfall pattern. Now. Town centres are, are constantly evol evolving. Now, firstly, I doubt for, for most people, a visit to Greg's is, is the primary reason for being in that location. You know, it's not a destination purchase. You know, they, they happen to be in the area or, or passing or conducting some other ac activity. It's secondary. Now, now town centres are constantly changing. You've got parking restrictions, the closure of a nearby major store like Debenhams or a bank a new layout, you know, all these factors can affect the, the foot traffic around a town centre. Now, I used to deal with a, a foreign exchange company, and when they were looking to open a new branch in a town, they would deploy a team in various areas with handheld clickers, counting pedestrians and evaluating where the prone location would be. So it is it's something of a science, and Greg's can quickly relocate to a more advantageous location for, you know, either footfall, suitability, or more favourable rent. And I'm sure that as other retailers flounder, then this creates opportunities, you know, not least in better lease agreements. Yeah, and as previously mentioned, their, their footprint isn't restricted to the high street either. No, no, you've got uh, retail parks, um, railway stations, uh, roadsides, and you know, within the supermarkets, you know, they're, they're covering it. They're in, you know, Tesco, Asda, and Sainsbury's. And also underground stations, there's a, a, a new shop at um, Canary Wharf and uh, airports too, with uh, Glasgow, Cardiff and Gatwick, which has a 24-hour operation. Now, you've mentioned previously that you like net cash, and that is the case with Greg's. Yes, at the, at the half year, it had £138.6 in cash. Uh, and as we said during the Tesco podcast, you know, one of the merits of, of retail is that 
you know, you generally paid somewhat quicker than what you pay your, your suppliers. So with the capital expenditure across the group, managing the estate and, and bringing on more manufacturing capacity and additional distribution centers, you know, this can be self-funded rather than, you know, taking on debt, you know, and this is one less aspect to worry about. So re- returning to the estate and your recent news in Darwin, um, there is also a significant refurbishment plan to prevent the shops looking tired, I believe. Yeah, in the first half, they refurbished 71 shops and they expect to complete around 140 refurbishments, 125 company managed and 15 franchised in in 2023. And in 2022, it, there was 86 refurbishments. Now, an interesting figure is that a new shop costs around £370,000 to equip, whereas a, a refurbishment comes in at 135000 So this is still a growing business. Uh, are you fearful that we... We'll soon be nearing a peak pasty. Well, Greg's ambition is to have significantly more than 3,000 shops. Now, that significantly more uh, is rather nebulous and open to interpretation, but it does still present you know, plenty of headroom. And as well as increasing the number of shops, there is the scope in increasing the revenue per shop. Uh, they've previously alluded to the possibility of looking you know, outside of the UK. Um, you know, back in 2008, they did withdraw from Belgium, where they had just 10 shops, but this was in the day when it was just a bakery offering. So, you know, it, it may be a concept that may not take off, but, you know, I would suggest that, you know, testing the water to see how our Greg's is received, you know, need not involve, you know, major capital commitment. And uh, they could, again, quickly make a tactical withdrawal, you know, should it not work. You've mentioned growth uh, and turnover, but I know you like to focus on profit, so let's not forget that. What was that at the half? Well, as the saying goes, you know, turnover is vanity and profit is sanity and cash is king. Um, Again, this is for the half year. You know, the profit before tax was 80 million, but this included an exceptional 16.3 million related to a settlement of a COVID business interruption insurance claim. So if we strip that away, that brings in 63.7 million versus 55.8 million. And not forgetting that dividend, that was increased from 15 pence to 16 pence. Right. Well, all in all, you've described um, a pretty well-oiled machine. Do you foresee any potential threats on the horizon? Well, you generally think of, of a new com- competitor emerging, you know, to, if I can say, eat their lunch. But, um, you know, there's no absence of competition already and the company you know continues to thrive you know ahead of this episode uh, you know i was having a conversation with, with gareth evans who's the uh, managing director of progressive equity research and i mentioned that we will be covering greg's next and um you know i had many contacts within the investing world and I'm, I'm appreciative of the information that they collectively send me and this is often involving you know stocks that they know i'm invested in uh well you know with greg's you know, it's, it's generally a common theme that people send across to me. And this consists of a photo outside of a, a random shop anywhere in the country. Um, uh, but, you know, the specific point, you know, it's not necessarily the shop, but the queue that's outside of Greg's. And uh, Gareth was that one that I mentioned, you mentioned early on that I sent you, the, the, the shop at London Bridge. And, uh, you know, it's that familiar queue that's snaking outside. You know, um, it's very evident at, at motorway services. You know, you'll you'll see a considerable queue. You know, at, at the Greggs. You know, in stark contrast to to one of their you know competitors. You know, next door or next door but one. 
so, you know, not only have they got a strong product offering, but I also would suggest, you know, they've got an economic price structure that, you know, others would uh, struggle to compete against. Um, you know, occasionally results are affected by, you know, extreme conditions um, in the climate, you know, uh, be that, you know, bad weather that keeps people indoors or hot weather that stifles the appetite for warm savouries, you know, but, you know, these are all blips, you know, and, uh, you know, I won't say they interfere too much with the, the long-term trend. Uh, then, you know, on management, uh, last year, the CEO, Roger Whiteside, retired after after nine years and, and was replaced by Roisin Curry. Um, you know, she's been with the, the group since, uh, you know, 2010. But, um, you know, outwardly, but there's been no change in direction, you know, and, and it's a case of, uh, you know, as you were. And um, Greg's have even had to over overcome the so-called pasty tax. don't know if you remember that. Back in 2012, you know, this was what, you know, where most food bought or, you know, bought to eat or, or cook at home is zero rated for, for that. Whereas meals bought in, in, in pubs or restaurants or hot takeaway food is charged at the standard rate of, of tax. Well, you know, sausage rolls and, and pasties fell into this nebulous area of whether the, the products are baked for sale or sold while still hot. Uh, you know, and then in more recent times, you know, with higher energy costs, um, you know, this was a consideration for, for Greg's given their, you know, their reliance on ovens. So, you know, and I'm, I'm sure Greg's will continue to face challenges, you know, you know as it's done in the past, but uh, you know, I'm confident that it will overcome them. You know, we, with a, a PE of 20.2, you know, you know, th there's an expectation of significant growth to come. But, you know, I'm sure that Greg's, you know, just like the Mississippi will, you know, just keep rolling on, Paul. Uh, right, excellent. Well, so all all in all, very positive um, review of, of Greg's, and uh, we will move from this then swiftly on into our regular spot, which is question in a bottle. Let's see what's in the bottle today. Right. So the question this time is from Jonathan Murphy. And Jonathan asks, Mark, are you influenced by directors buying shares or selling their shares? Right. Well, Johnny, thanks for your question and thanks for your support. You've been with us from the start. So uh, Johnny is somebody who's well known to me and he's a very dear personal friend. Uh, he's still in his 20s and unlike me, he's towards the, the beginning of his investing journey. Now, Johnny often asks for me for my, my thoughts on a subject, but I'm pleased to say that he's sufficiently independent of thought to come up with his own conclusions and decisions. But it's uh, not just a, a one-way relationship, it's a two-way street, and Johnny is a leading salesman for a company called RJ Building Supplies, or a national distributor. So I gain valuable insight into the activity of this part of the economy and the impact it has on other businesses that feed off it. And also, through Johnny and other people of his generation, I feel that I also gain an insight into a younger person's perspective. Uh, as I'm becoming older, I'm conscious of the threat, and hopefully it's just a threat of becoming detached or too detached from an, an ever-evolving world and uh, knowing what's relevant. Now, when I was younger, I didn't think the older generation had a monopoly on knowledge, and now that I'm older myself, I'm still of that opinion. So I do take interest in uh, 
director dealings and indeed uh, PDMR, which is Persons Discharging Managerial Responsibility. But for me, it's the director buys that are more noteworthy than the sales. Sales could be motivated for any number of reasons. Um, you know, it, it could be that uh, bad news is coming down the track, but also, you know, it could be for, a uh, say, a tax liability, a move to a new home, uh, a villa in Spain, boat, uh, a divorce, uh, the uh, well-documented uh, bank of mum and dad, or even a, an apartment for the mistress. So in the whole, you know, I would, I would suggest that directors purchase shares because they expect them to rise. Now, although I do like to see a high share ownership across the board, this is in itself not a guarantee of success. Also, I'm sympathetic to the argument that having your job and your net wealth all tied up in the same business could be dangerous if things go sour. Now, you know, director buys, you know, despite being encouraging, as I've just said, you know, they're not a guarantee, certainly in the short term. Uh, and that's in, dis in despite the fact that, you know, you'd expect them to have a greater understanding and, and visibility of the business than most. So um, an ex as an example of this, uh, and to make it relevant, I thought we'd um, take a look at my own portfolio and uh, a stock that we covered a couple of episodes ago, and that's Strix, ticker symbol K-E-T-L. And... Um, you know, interestingly, uh, going back not not too far in the past, there were some some director buys. If we go look at uh, the twenty eighth of October, twenty twenty one, Mark Kirkland, uh, who's uh, one of the non execs, he purchased eight thousand seven hundred and ten shares at two pounds eighty seven. Uh, then on the uh, the fifth of April, twenty twenty two, at a price of one pound ninety nine. Mark Bartlett, who's the CEO, he purchased 134,249 shares. Raudus Wong, the CFO, purchased 22,200 shares. And Gary Lam, who is the chair, purchased 44,400 shares. Also, uh, Richard Sells, another non-executive, he purchased uh, 9,894 shares at £2.02. Uh, then later that month, on the twenty seventh of April, twenty twenty two, Mark Kirkland uh, purchased a further eleven thousand four hundred twenty five shares at two pounds seventeen fifty eight. So that's all looking, you know, pretty good. Uh, all the directors, the um, the two executives and the three non execs, have purchased. You know, you, you could argue that a good quantity of shares there, but. If we look as recently as November 22, not that not that long after they purchased these shares, following a trading update, or you could call it a profit warning, uh, and the news of an acquisition, the strict shares were uh, trading at just 77 pence. So, uh, director buys uh, can be a valuable guide, but this has to be judged within a you know a collective basket of lots of other criteria and not just on its own. Well, that's all for this episode. We hope that you enjoyed it. Please remember the content is for information only and it is not financial advice. If you would like to pop a question into a bottle for Mark, just post your question in the comments and hopefully it'll reach the island in time for the next episode. 
Thanks again for listening. See you next time.